With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the LPN Show, recorded both in Los Angeles and New York City. We're just, you know, here to hang out, have a good time. All right, talk to y'all after a while. Hey there, hi, hello there, welcome to the LPN Show, hosted this week by Henry Zabrowski, feeling strong, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed. (laughs) <laughs> nothing going on out there. And here we're having nothing but just fucking, it's just we're surfing here. This is uh, it's yeah. now a surfing podcast. That's not true. It's actually a podcast to introduce all of you, the LPN family, to new members of the LPN family. I don't like necessarily, I'm not going to pull one of those where I say like, oh, we're a family here. I don't know, make you work for free, make you do emotional label <laughs> for free. I promise <laughs> I'm not going to do not that. The- not the bad kind of family. I'm Just not someone to help with the chores. Yeah, I'm not. Because whenever a boss says to someone like, you know, we're a family here, it means he's asking you to do something for free. But I would like to put your put your clammy paws together for Andrea Wallace and Brooke Van Poplin of the show Side Work, which is now about to come out of the, the birth canal. <laughs> Of LPN, but it's already existed, so it's like an adoption. It's an adoption, for sure. <laughs> We've been acquired. Isn't that how you get a child? Yeah. You acquire them? I'm all about birth simulation, though. You know what I mean? We can just simulate our, our grown our grown toddler of a child just out the canal. Canale. Yeah, we could all just sit in one of those birthing pools. Yeah. Have you seen those? Where like uh-huh. the, they promote that they say that it's easier or it's like less quote unquote less stressful for the baby. Is that true to just poop out a baby into a fucking up like above ground pool? Yeah, it's like you know, it's like when you can do exercise in a pool, it's like less strenuous on your body. Like that's mm-hmm. the idea. Whoa, mm-hmm. everything's very buoyant. Also, real quick, you know, you can't find kitty swimming pools or anything right now because of quarantine guys work around get a birthing pool birthing if you're trying pool. to beat that summer heat beat the summer heat. <laughs> cosplay as a mommy i mean i can't make the milk but i can buy the milk and that's i get that's that's how i would serve as a father all right now side work let's talk a little bit about side work side work is a podcast about the restaurant industry and working working like as a working comedian quite a bit and performer quite a bit it's people that have done both and there's a lot of stories in there I'd, li- I'd like to actually kind of talk about where this the show even came from and like how you guys found yourself into the cocaine riddled worlds of the restaurant industry <laughs> yeah um well i i feel like so first of all andrew and i have been friends for almost 20 years uh we met in chicago in the improv olympic 
improvisational scene. IO baby. IO still open, hey. right? Uh yeah, IO still open. The one here or isn't no. though. The one yeah, here is not. No, no, no. The one in no. Chicago yeah, is in still. In Chicago. I love IO. Me too. But uh so I mean, you know, we don't we don't just talk the talk. We've walked the walk. We were co co-workers. I mean, we let we, we also met in like a one, like a level 1 class. Like, you know, fresh fresh into Chicago. Yeah, I you were say. like freshman comedians. At the time. But you guys are now seasoned comedians. Seasoned, as they say. And uh, yeah, so we literally, like, we're level one friends. Okay, that's how it started. And ended up working in a uh, bar and restaurant together for a couple wild-ass summers. Um, But beyond that, that was our job that we shared together, waiting tables and bartending. But each of us have done... God, I'm like between 15 and 17 years of service industry the entire time. Mm -hmm. Do you get like a golden sash for that? You sure don't. I I mean, you don't. You don't at all. I mean, and I and I moved from one service industry like directly into another service industry. So I've just been involved in that for like 20 years now. Plus, I try to get into the food industry because it was like a way to make money. As because right. I started thinking, was like, oh, maybe I could do this, maybe, and it's a, a certain set of skills <laughs> that I do not have. I I immediately forget <laughs> every single thing that was just said to me at a moment's notice. My wife loves it. I can't. I don't know like the pressure of it. I can never do it. But I have friends like John Moreno that work for who I was a you know work with Murphys. We've all done stuff with you know my my sketch group for many years, and he's in like fine dining, which oh, re- yeah. requires like a whole other thing. So. Like how what how does it go like because now we're at like a fucking choke point for restaurants. It kind of is great that you mentioned that Henry not being able to hack it because the first episode that your listeners are going to be introduced to is that's the topic of the day is our first guest is uh, Dave Holmes who we we basically cover the topic of a lot of people think anyone can do the job and it turns out they sure can't yeah. and so that's going to be our first episode that you guys hear. It's difficult. It's very difficult. And it's not even like, you know, you talk about the difference between like just waiting tables and bartending. If you talk about fine dining, that's something that I never got into. And that's an entirely different skill set unto itself where there's like so many motions to go through. There's so much extra to remember. And you have to remain like cool and calm on a whole nother level. Yeah, as people scream at you. Exactly. You have to look clean, which was never my strong suit while waiting tables, you know? I've always <laughs> I've always flourished in the in the more like middle class. Like I'm a very blue collar sort of. I love a backyard bar. That's where I shine, you know? Well, it's because you got kind of have like that casual, fashionable vibe. You can go in there and be like, hey, hello, you know, like a nice sundress. You get in there, you kind of mix it up. One of those big wine glasses. I see you with one of those, <laughs> one of those big ones with like an orange wine in it. And you're like, this is a stale hill. I love an orange wine. It comes from Aldentino. And I put, I mean, this is me. I, I'm not certain how to host a party. But how does it, I'll equate it to John Moreno. The way he got into fine dining is that he basically hooked up with a super crooked, woman at some point that was in a like she ended up being a part of a management of a little tea shop in the meatpacking district in uh down like in new york city and he kind of got grandfathered in like he kind of like mm. the manager saw him and just kind of was like your management material you got a tight little face because he does if you ever look at john Moreno, yes, he's, got he's very tight yes. face but mm-hmm. he gave him all the training how did where do you start 
Like, what do you do? Like, do you guys just jump in there and then all of a sudden you have to work out all the, because I know there's like the systems. and Yeah, it's a little bit of a fake it till you make it, you know. I remember getting my first job waiting tables and while I was excited, like, I also remember very distinctly the first time my ass was completely handed to me during a shift, you know, where it's like, this is so much harder than you would ever think it was. And you just, it, it's kind of like this thing where people talk about moving like, you know, to New York City and that city like breaking you in many ways, you know, mm-hmm. and like reshaping you. Like that's, that's what waiting tables is all about. That's what bartending and working in the industry, like you get broken and reformed. Yes, you do. And if it doesn't feel hard, then you're doing a shitty job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're oh, is true. that what that is? Yep. yep. So, yeah, like, like I think, too, let's kind of like sum up, you know, like like the point of the podcast, if we're kind of, you know, trailing and sort of like, oh, well, this is, I got into it here, blah, blah, blah. We've, we've done the work. Andrea and I are veterans. We still stay in the realm of service. And what we realized is that there's so many podcasts and TV shows like on, you know, the, the travel, uh, what's it called? The travel? Travel network? channel. Travel, travel channel. channel. Sorry. And you got, now you Food got like network. ugly, yeah. delicious. Yeah. Yep. But everything is, it's all back of house. It's all chef driven. Yes. It's all chef and foodie and host and personality driven. And 16 million people actually do the job of taking that bloated chef's, <laughs> You know, dish to the table, and we're the you know if we do a bad job, their restaurant isn't going to last. Nope. And so we we wanted to really be a voice for the 16 million people who do this job in this country that get no fucking recognition and respect. Yeah. Well, my problem because you know my main, I truly the only real pet peeve I have at a restaurant is if that if that waiter if they turn the chair around. You know what I mean? Oh, and yeah. sit and they do the thing oh where they God. sit. Oh my God. Like Dangerous Minds? Like yes. Dangerous Minds style? Yep. That is always when they were like, we do things a little differently here. We serve food. And you're like, oh, well, that's crazy. You know, you're like, have you had a chance to take things? Take a look at the menu, you know? And you're like, this is still food. And you're like, yes, but you eat what you can catch. It's all a lie. <laughs> what? Well, what do you, so one thing I'll so, yeah. maybe want to address is that you guys, well, you'll talk to a lot of people, not just work in the industry, but also split time between being a performer, writer, and, and doing like, and doing restaurant work. My question yeah. is, is that like, how do people do it? Cause I feel like there's almost like, there's like, there's kind of like a shame in the idea, I think prevailing, especially within show business, like the right. idea of having a quote-unquote day job is like right a nightmare right right so i think within within that realm it's like people and especially if you're an artist type and you need your evenings for you you need your days for you to be able to perform to be able to go to auditions yes like being in the service industry is something that you can rely on and if you work with the right staff you can all rely on each other to like get shit done so it's teamwork making the dream work for many people if that right. makes sense. Oh, yeah. It's the nature of the job and why so many people choose it. Um, and we we talk, we're very proud service industry people. Mm-hmm. We we totally support people who are lifers, people who stayed in the business and might even 
you know, be in it so long that they go on to own a share of a restaurant and then go to be an owner themselves. But then the other majority of it is, you know, short term work for a lot of people who are trying to accomplish something else in their life. Yeah, not just in the arts. It's a second job for people like teachers or people who are underpaid, you know. Oh my God, that makes me so sad. And at the same time, when we're talking about it, like kind of being like frowned upon to have a day job, like even in something like entertainment to be an artist, we really advocate for um, just regular fucking Joe Schmoes who have never waited a table in their life looking down on the industry is that it's beneath them. Like our, what we do is beneath them. That is a number one telltale to me if a person is a piece of shit is if they treat people at restaurants and bartenders like, if they treat them like shit, I know that they are in fact themselves shit. You can count on that person being a two-pump chump, you know? It's just... It's just how it is. You got a tip, and you got to be at least be nice. They have a name. They just told you the name before they told you the specials. Memorize mm-hmm. it. It's that fa- It's that easy. So wh- how does it cross over? Do you feel like as a, a comedian slash, especially like, like, like Brooks, like a hardcore comedian, right? It's like mm-hmm. a full-on hardcore stand-up, especially when we were like really running together in mid-2000s. It's like you were like... Do you feel like a pressure to perform? Like, is it the thing where, like, are you ripping through material? Like, like, what do you do at the table? You know, I mean, the best way to put it is you got to you have to read the room, read the job. There are some jobs that you're the manager, the owner, the whole vibe of the place is like, uh uh-uh, you talk about elevated food experiences and keep your personality a little closed off, please. And then there's the total raucous, you know, bar where it's like, if you're fun, throwing an F-bomb here and there, you're going to get a better tip. Um, You know, you just, there are some places where I flourished and I felt like I became brave talking to groups of strangers, which then led, because I did this well before I started stand-up comedy and so realizing that I was funny and could make strangers at a table laugh and turn a good tip was like huh like there's something to this here for me they seem to go hand in hand because I like to be entertained yeah yeah I mean, I would say the same thing because, you know, I always been acting, doing improv, a lot of that when I was doing a ton of uh, work, waiting tables, and that was my main source of income. When I moved to Chicago, uh, you know, my, my big claim to fame is that I worked at Buca de Beppo. Is the, is oh, the yeah, big, Buca de Beppo. Is the big... <laughs> did it, wait, did you bring the bell, Andrea? Uh, I, I, I do have the bell. I'm going to have okay. to reach for the Hold bell. Hold on. Oh, God. I love the. Ah, ah. I dropped. I dropped the bell. Be careful. Um, this is a signature so. sound you're gonna hear in almost every episode. Andrea fucking mentions the Buca, Buca de Beppo. Buca de Beppo. Buca de Beppo. So like yep. that was a job where there's a script you have to follow oh, because yeah. it's corporate and you might get a secret server at any time. So that for me, because you follow the script, but you know, you tweak it. You make the character your own. Make it you know? so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I always do that in auditions where I, I'm quote unquote making my own and it's not just because I have a hard time memorizing lines. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I definitely quote unquote make it my own yeah. pretty often. You hit, you hit your mark, you know? I you, get it you, in there. But you get there, yeah. I get it in there every <laughs> once in a while. Sometimes they get mad. They get really, really upset. Sometimes I, 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 had, uh, I actually had a really a big time callback once where no one told me that that would make the man really 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 upset that was the showrunner and I walked in and I did because they knew that that was like my style and I did it I could I kind of went off book and the guy went stop it like in the middle of my audition he's just like you will say the words as they are written and I was like okay now this will definitely be funny (laughs) oh good 
Oh, good. This is good. I'm getting this job. Well, I I would I would reckon to guess that uh, a lot of you know you've got like a really diverse listener base, and this is basically working in the service end of you know of the. Um, workforce is what probably a lot of your listeners do you know we talk counter service we started um talking to people who work in airports because can you even imagine what that job oh is my like? god i mean yeah, i know I mean, a lot of airport bartenders and they yes. see a lot of trauma Hell yes yeah. they really really see some wild stuff and you know and like their job is twofold because it's like you know they're a therapist in a way bigger way than some other bartenders can be because you've just got people who are either stranded terrified to fly or maybe flying for a sad reason you know like it's so crazy when you think about the nature of that job but i mean we have gas station attendants right in like anyone who's on the service end of of the workforce spectrum is totally gonna appreciate and feel heard and seen and you know we try and acknowledge and lift everybody up and it's worth noting y'all are getting a full catalog of shows we've been around for a year and a half yes. so we've got yeah 75 topics going strong already and there's like there we're not seeing any slow there's always something to fucking talk about <laughs> especially now yeah, yeah. Especially, oh God, now. especially now because that's kind of why we i was you know we had done episodes of the podcast i know that jackie had done a couple episodes of the podcast and we were just you know love you guys love this love the content i'm a fucking i hate the word but i am quote unquote a foodie i'm highly <laughs> interested in how the restaurant industry works but it's it is great that there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of x episodes you already have that people can binge and then now when the restaurant industry is in a fucking crisis yep. yes how the hell are we going to get through this thing? What's happening now? Like, I know that the takeout thing, have you, like, you know what people are doing takeout, but I don't know if that really cuts the mustard because a lot of the times you're making money on booze, you're making money on all the other stuff. It's easier to upsell. Like, you're, you're cutting your food costs with whatever app that you're working with, and no front of house is working. Right. It's just chefs. That's the thing, is, like, a lot of these staffs have been reduced to, like, just owner and maybe a couple back of house. Maybe someone who's, like, a senior in front of house, if they're lucky. Um, you know, what we've been hearing from our listeners, which has been amazing that they're feeding us information in different states, is that there's different protocol per, a lot of people are keeping busy, but we're also hearing from people as restaurants reopen. But I think what we have to remember and what we're trying to push out is that even while we safely reopen at a distance, we're talking about half the staff to maybe even a quarter of the staff, That which means a quarter of the tables, which means a quarter of the tips. Like, And people are still being paid shit. You know what I mean? Like the 213 an hour clause, which by the way, that rate hasn't changed since 1991. Jesus Christ. Because mm-hmm. yeah, in 1991, you could still get a piece of pizza for $2. Right? Now you can't even do that anymore. <laughs> you used to be able to ride the train for 25 cents. Now you just got to sit outside if you only got a quarter. Yeah. So there's a lot of advocacy for us, I think, like putting information out there now to our listeners who might not know that there are groups like like taking donations to give them a $500 check. Like it's been really amazing for us to be able to like put this information out there for people, you know? Yeah. We, we had someone write in that she followed the advice we gave and the resources we posted and she got a $1,000 grant Hell to yeah. bail her out. Yeah, which is amazing. And the reason we love to be affiliated with Last Podcast Network, too, is you guys are major supporters of One Fair Wage. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. We did that with our merch store because the idea of how many people's just jobs just got fucking deleted yep. during the super flu. It just gets to a point that those that have 
and especially those that have a microphone and and have any sort of reach kind of i feel like that's our civic duty that we can to make sure because and i'm and i'm gonna fucking out you know i'm a satanist i can say this i'm completely selfish about it i need these fucking restaurants open okay yeah i need i need to go i, I like I, I gotta go to moza i have to go or i'm gonna go uh. i'm literally i'm about to i'm gonna cry yeah. Like, are you going to go? Yeah. Are you going to go soon? Yeah. I'm, go? I, th- I might. Do, I Natalie and I are talking about, I think we're going to do one of the new, because now they're opening for reservations again. Right. And I was like, I want to go. I want to go support. I miss my restaurant so goddamn much. I miss my, I miss bars. I miss boozing outside of my home. Bars, unfortunately, that's, that's what breaks my heart more than anything. Yeah. I want to go to a fucking bar. I like, that's, so I want to sing karaoke with my friends. I want to like, you but know. it's the worst place because karaoke is just basically is just spit rifles. Mm-hmm. That's all. Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for fifty percent off. That's fifty percent off unless limited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. Your business was humming, but now you're falling behind. Your teams are buried in manual work, tasks are taking forever to complete, and getting one source of truth is like pulling teeth. If this is you, then you should know these three numbers. 37,000. That's the number of businesses that have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, streamlining accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25. NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less, close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. One. Because your business is one of a kind. Get a customized solution for all your key performance indicators in one efficient system with one source of truth. Manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. With NetSuite, it's everything you need to grow, all in one place. Get your business back to the greatness where it belongs. Learn more at netsuite.com slash podcast 25. Is. So I'm I'm telling you, you know, I'm I'm we're plotting. We've got well, we had an episode about karaoke a few weeks back because our, our good friend Tom owns, uh, you know, a karaoke company. And he just took over ownership of a great bar um, that used to be called uh, the Old Chalet. And now he renamed um, the Fable. Yep. Both amazing names. Um, but Eagle Rock Hang, he kept it's like he's kept the integrity of it being an old as hell, like divey creepster. It's the best. We should just put sponsored by LPN underneath the fable. <laughs> I'm fine with that. I know. I was like, we'll get discounts. I'm going to go hang out. I'm, I'm so desperate. I'm so desperate. But what if you, can you actually tell me any hot goss? Like what's kind of going on? Like what, can you slip me anything about like the transition well, of like bars, the opening? Specifically bars that I know of um, are now being allowed to in California um, or at least within Los Angeles city limits are have to um, pair with a food source yeah. to be able to reopen and do it distance. So I do know about that. So what I know is that Tom, the last time I spoke with him, um, he's right next to Casa Bianca, which is this great like Italian pizza place, which people love. But there's also food trucks. So he could like have a food truck parked out front. They pair together and that allows the business to open. Hell Yeah. Because the one thing, because New York has turned into a fucking street fair. Right. Like, New York, they're just drinking, and they're they're actually having a massive problem with public urination. 
which is kind of hilarious. They always did. Yeah. yeah but now right. it's like extra pointed. Now people are like, now I'm now I'm not ashamed to do it. And <laughs> I'm <not> like, <laughs> oh, and have you seen? I mean, like all of a sudden. I've seen advertisements because God read the room uh, Instagram spying on me a female um, device that like <laughs> folds up and can go you know like it, it folds up into a little container mm-hmm. you can keep it on a keychain but it's something where you just like kind of like scooch it up your cooch a little bit yeah, it's dro- like, it's like, like while a, you- an angled funnel it's a funnel, mm-hmm. it's a funnel. so you can around, stand you've been getting, you can buy those at REI for years you know what I mean those have been around for a while but they used to be you used to have to like wedge it up in there where I think now it's a little bit more user friendly I'm not certain it's got a little more comfortable cupping resting sort of what brand uh, is that because maybe we can get ads I, we haven't had any ads on these because maybe that'll help us go, like bump that Listen, I'm going to I'm going to look into one of those because if if guys are peeing in the street, you know, because you don't want to go in the public restrooms. They're saying right now that this is like still super uncharted territory because you can get sick from fecal spray yeah, that hangs in the yeah. air. Fucking dookie. Fucking dookie mist is killing us, man. Hey guys, thank you. We're fecal spray. Can we get this a suggestion? Just reason, just to, yeah, let's just remind everybody at home: close your toilet, then flush it. Yeah, yeah. Just keep it down. Also, you know what I've been doing now is I've been keeping the toothbrushes out of the direct vicinity oh, yes. of the toilet. I didn't think about that. And apparently, also, which fucking made my skin crawl. Like, keep your razors away from the toilet. It's the reason why you get as because I have a problem with this. I don't know where why how we got here. I have problems with like skin bumps, like when I uh-huh. shave. Like I have problem with like the and a part of that is little dookie flakes. Get on your fucking razor. Folliculitis is from turd, yes, turd flakes. They can, it's ah. a part of it, and that now that since I have been using a disposable razor and keeping it farther away from my toilet, I get less razor bumps. And you don't have fecal face. But I didn't know I had fecal face. <laughs> The entire time, because I never believed all that bullshit where they said how beards collected all the poop particles. Uh-huh. <sighs> I didn't believe it because I wash. I also con- I conditioned my beard. And even now, you see my mustache, I've been just straight up just washing my mustache when yeah. I go to the shower. Great. I mean, I'm a licensed esthetician, and I've actually never heard from men that you just like don't, don't shit where you shave. You know what I mean? Like We like, are not told no. anything. That's the yeah. only thing I'm saying. I'm not, I'm, I'm obviously men are fine. But the one true place that there is a distinct lack of information for men is hygiene. And they're not, we are not taught how to take it, not taught a lot. I mean, especially as a dude, I had to learn, my father was not around, I had to learn how to shave from an encyclopedia. Yeah, my 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 mom was a nurse, and you know both my parents worked full time. Let's just say I am a very self-made woman. She was too busy uh, saving lives and doing hard work for other people at her job, and didn't really have time or energy or interest. Oh yeah, nurse moms and, uh, are the biggest neglectors. Oh, I, <laughs> I mean, can't. We imagine. both have. We both have a nurse they mom. Are, they are. They neglect in a, in a in a in a tough, lovey way. You know, like, they do. But they always. Look, all I know about nurses is they always look so tired. They're tired. Yeah, they're fucking tired. Not in an ugly. Not in a like. Uh, they just. It's a hard ass job. Um, Natalie, my wife's mom, is a nurse. Who's yes. fucking? She's almost seventy years old, and she's still on the front lines dealing with wow. all this shit. She she won't retire, and she's just in there like up to her eyeballs. But she actually is in a part of oh, she's in a part of the country where there's very little COVID. Good. So she actually good, good, missed good. a lot of it, which is nice. Um, yeah. I but I was gonna circle back around to another um an ad ad that could be sponsored and placed in here. Please. I'm gonna talk about instead of the female 
standing pee cup or whatever that was. Uh, love my handheld tushy because when you couldn't get any toilet paper yeah. and then... The handheld tushy's good? Oh, yeah, baby. Ooh. I mean, because the, the bidets were on back order because I tried. Mm-hmm. I tried, you guys. I tried. But the handheld one came in like a week and you just fill up your little water bottle. You get into a routine. You, you feel the urge coming on. Fill up your water bottle. Have a seat. And you just sit and spray yourself clean. You spray it all away, guys. What I did was I got a just a little piece of brown carpet from Home Depot, and I keep it next to the toilet. Are you scoot like a dog? Mm-hmm. And I, that's <laughs> how I mostly get it out. I wash it though. I wash the I wash the carpet. Can, can I? I know this is like this is really dumb. I kind of want to ask another restaurant question. Because I've yes. been to a Dick's Last Resort. Uh, yeah. Have you ever dealt with anybody who's worked at a Dick's Last Resort? I'm yeah. fascinated by Dick's Last Resort because you go and it's stuff where it's like you go with a group like you know someone puts like a white hat on your mom with like a thing that says my pussy stinks like awful shit like just like really like roasting a whole table full of people and how do they find these they're people? actors yes it's just straight up ad- <laughs> they, uh, they uh, sometimes they are sometimes they aren't you know there there was a lot of people I knew people that worked at Dick's Last Resort but there was another place called like Ed Bevix, which we right. you know talked about on one of the episodes Chicago's got a couple of those places because those are also Wiener yeah, Circle yeah where you go and that's just like well Wiener Circle is like is unto itself a beautiful beautiful establishment but um you know, Ed DePevix was like, it's like the 50s and you dress, someone dresses like Buddy Holly and somebody dresses like Peggy Sue and like, so cute. they're like, give you a guff, you know, it's yep, so bad. I don't mind being Josh, but I don't want to be called like a cuck right before I eat hors d'oeuvres, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, I don't want to be roasted for my salad choice. <laughs> I don't know. Some people like it though. That's the thing. Yeah. If you open something like that, someone's going to be like, this is, I, I, I someone's going to humiliate me. And like it's, I'm gonna take it. It's like someone's form of a of a kink, maybe. You know, who knows? As long as they're tipping. That's that's what's amazing and been so fun is just like the topic of of restaurant and service industry is like so endless because it's like we have a whole episode in our back catalog dedicated to performative you know service where the job is like you're putting on an, a costume and you're doing a character and waiting tables. Dinner and a show, baby. Jekyll and Hyde's. Was yes, as a kid in Times Square. When I was a little kid, I remember going to Jekyll and Hyde's, and I was just like, "Magic is real. This is incredible." And then I went again when I was like twenty three, and I was like, "This, this is bad. This is a sad place." <laughs> it's like because then you could kind of see the lighting is not as good as when you were a little kid. I don't know why, and you can kind of see it a little too clearly, and the guys like. Hi, uh, hello, adventurers. Welcome to the Jekyll and Hyde's Hunting Club. I hope you guys are ready for a spooky good time, some spe- spectacular, delicious meals. And you're just like, I-, I need you to do a voice, man. Unfortunately, I don't want to ask you to. Do you think it was like in Warnett's Prime when you were a kid, or it was just, you yes. know? It, it when was- I was a kid, it was like yeah. at the height. And when you you turn a corner and you can see into a server station, you know what I mean? Yep. That 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 definitely ruins it a little bit for, for me, you know? The fourth wall comes down, and then you're like, like God, these animatronic ravens are really need to be dusted. Yeah, <laughs> they look. Yeah, yeah, this terrible. is unsanitary. There, there must be mice in here. I still think I'm so happy places like that exist. You know, yes. like when we get to travel again, and I can't wait to like I can't wait to like go to Japan and go to Taiwan places that have like super crazy themed restaurants. Like there's a place in I believe in Taiwan where it's like everything comes in a toilet. It's like I love that shit. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm one of the. I'm like that too, though. I I like gimmicky stuff. I think it's fun. I always check it out at least once. Do you remember that restaurant in Times Square where it was like the Broadway restaurant where people used to like full on like Broadway performers used to do yeah, it? It was like I'm a pretty not, popular. Bunks I know what you're that talking worked. about. I just don't remember yes. the name of it. It was called like Acapellas or something. And it's kind of like a 50s diner yes. too, right? Isn't it? Yeah. I can totally picture it. And again, you know, so many people, they're like, I'm an actor. And, you know, you're like, oh, you mean you're a waiter or waitress? Okay, sure. Like, this is, this job goes so hand in hand with anyone in a big city trying to pursue entertainment because there are also jobs where it's like, if you can't break onto Broadway yet, you might be singing Broadway at, you know, your service job where people leave. I mean, people get discovered from waiting tables too. You know, oh I, yeah, it's it's such like not like they used to. Such a hand in hand. Ellen Stardust, by the way. Ellen Stardust. Oh, yes. Is in that place. yes. Well, it depends. I mean, I feel like in I feel it's weird, right? Does it feel like in L.A. I feel like there's a lot more of that where it's been like you got a good look. Do you want to be the news and But then a lot of times you just end up in a U-Haul with a guy just like measuring your feet. <laughs> <laughs> and then like a saw like next to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I you know we as a collective like all servers are great. You know sometimes I feel like the service industry in LA is like eh. it's like yeah. some places are really good and some places are like not so good. And it yeah. is so much because it's Hollywood and because it's a town where you're just seen. It's the same thing with a waitstaff that's completely curated. You have to have fucking headshots to get a job waiting tables in this town. Oh, yeah. my I have a friend that works at one of the... I'm, I won't name the restaurant, but he works at... It's a very, very important restaurant in L.A. And he's he made it a point, though. He's like, we can't hire just models. He's like, they are, they are too... Literally too weak to hold the dishes. <laughs> like, they are like, all right, you know what I mean? They're coming up like... I can't even like you're eating that like that kind of shit. He's just like, no, no, no. We have to. They have to be trained. And so he had to like go and change the staff, which was really fun. No, it's tough. I mean, because like the rule is the hostess needs to be the model, you know, and I'm not we're not in hostessing is not an easy job, Absolutely but not. it has it has a lot less uh, lifting if you're weak from modeling, you know, keeping your modeling shape. <laughs> well, you got to have the thin arms. I think so. Yes, I think it's cha- I think things are changing. I I hope so. But yeah, L.A. is just certainly a very different beast. But I don't know. L.A. has the improv waiter versus New York, which has the stares at their phone and uh, dares you to order food from the place. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know which is different. The one that's very engaged, or the one that is like hates that I'm there. And I get it. I I look like an <sighs> asshole. But I just, you know, I just got a, fu- I just got a weird ass shirt on. You know, I, okay, and I almost, I'm not gonna. Say, I feel like what you get more is East Coast uh, combativeness, mm-hmm. whereas someone in LA is just so absorbed with the number of likes they got on their influencer post that like they're just they're bad and not combative they're just self-absorbed where in New York yeah it's a very because you hustle you work really really hard I was like you're just you're just a harder worker in New York and coming to LA and you're like wow everyone's so nice but they forgot everything I asked for totally I would say the same thing about Chicago like you work your ass off 
and you do your fucking job and then it is here you're just like um hi excuse me I ordered my drink can I like get my drink and they're like oh yeah and then it's still 10 more minutes and you're like here's here's 30% tip you know like yeah yeah be like I have to do this I have to get I'm going to tip you there's you would have to straight up you would have to pee all over me without me asking for me to not give you a tip (laughs) Like, I can't just, like, I'm never not going to tip. I think it's the most despicable thing on the face of the planet. Also to the point, and maybe it's also just because I am, I am unfortunately very, I'm just frivolous with money too. I'm also one of those, I think baristas should be tipped. I think if you're going to give them a dollar for every single time they pour drink, it's the same thing as a bartender. In my mind... I think that that's important until we start really paying everybody living wages. Until we change the tipping system completely, which you yeah, know we've we we have talked about. We'll all continue to talk about. Yeah. Can I also? You ever guys have seen any differences between the working for people like, like smaller time chefs like they, those environments versus like the big personality chefs like. Is there like a, an across the world just difference in terms of quality? Are they all pains in the asses like the big names, or is like some more than others? Like Nancy Silverton seems very fun. Well, uh, usually, like rule of thumb, female chefs are not terrorists. Like basically across the board, you can count on almost every male chef who's probably also a personality is a terrorist. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. They are combative, horrifying humans. Cool. I mean, we've heard. From our friend Aaliyah, who has worked in kitchens run by women, like the kitchens are calmer during prep work. Everybody just like does their thing. They get to listen to music. Like, you know, I would say you could put it on par a little bit with like you've got a female showrunner or a male showrunner, you know, in a writer's room for people out there. And right. It's like, how many tantrums do you want to see a man have? Um, And it's it's honestly, you know, and I think working in this dynamic, too, is like. You know, if when you get into the gender politics of the maybe the old older days, because obviously uh, I started doing this, oh God, in the early two thousands, I guess. Yeah. In like nineteen ninety nine, it was still just kind of like everybody was a rock star. It's just it's so it's it's like the men cook, the women put on the apron and bring the food, and mm-hmm. and then there's back of house versus front of house, and there's just this crazy gender dynamic. Yeah. That you get involved in when you work there, and then put that into the crazy like you know, too many men and not enough women doing stand-up, especially when I started doing it. And I was like, is my whole fucking life going to be this, like, you know, just the numbers are going to... And what's great is it has changed. There are so many changes to the culture of the service industry and also um, stand-up, both of which are currently uh, neither working or running. So, yeah. <laughs> And I think what, what we're realizing... Everything just changed. It's like everything is just, just like was really starting to change and then just fucking the economy just ground to a fucking halt. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I think we were all kind of like we all we all were kind of like yeah, every, the system's like fucked already but now everybody's like, "Oh." Oh no. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it's really it's really intense it's, now. Uh, yeah. Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus the true accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. Your business was humming, but now you're falling behind. Your teams are buried in manual work, tasks are taking forever to complete, and getting one source of truth is like pulling teeth. 
If this is you, then you should know these three numbers, 37,000. That's the number of businesses that have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, streamlining accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25. NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less, close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. One, because your business is one of a kind. Get a customized solution for all your key performance indicators in one efficient system with one source of truth. Manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. With NetSuite, it's everything you need to grow, all in one place. Get your business back to the greatness where it belongs. Learn more at netsuite.com slash podcast 25. So, but it's, it's interesting to talk. I mean, like clearly like we're seeing revolution from the most needed versions of revolution happening yes. right now and the way it's going to trickle down to every other, you know, cause we're kind of like, well, we're angry. You know what else is stupid? Fucking Thanksgiving. Like I, you know, <laughs> whoa, like, whoa, guys, whoa, slow down, you know, but, but it's like while we're at it too, you know, because a big thing we talked about, you know, we we obviously had to dedicate a few episodes to be there for listeners uh, and ourselves to be like, yo, what is happening to the service industry? Let's talk about it. But there's an opportunity to be like, y'all motherfuckers are sad. You can't go to your restaurant right now, huh? Yeah. Huh? You're kind of sad. It means you need us. Yep, you yep. love what we do. And you better come back with a nice attitude and a bigger tip than ever before. And, you know, until we fully completely change the system, which I think is absolutely being examined and should be examined, um, that like take care of your servers the minute these doors open, um, tip extra, take more stuff home with you. Yeah, I mean, uh, they are open. Doors are open. No, I know. Yeah, it's very are, scary. It has begun. It has begun. They, they went from like, I don't think we'll ever see a restaurant again to like, they were open last Tuesday, didn't you know? It is, yeah. we are... It is at the races, and we're going to see what happens. Instead of taco night, it's like orgy night now at restaurants. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I mean, like, it's, oh. it, that's how it feels. I was like, yeah, do yeah. I have to wear a condom to go into the restaurant? <laughs> like, I just, I am, I just miss food that I am not cooking. Yeah, yeah. Because I am not, I'm fine with it. But there are many things I can't do. I do like five main dishes. Well, that's that's still pretty good because there are a lot of good. lot of guys who they they know how to microwave something that was in a box, you know, like so that's great, Henry. I did all. But, I learned how to cook and clean for myself. But for nice. many years, it wasn't until I was married. Oh, until I met Natalie. Honestly, when she looked at my my home when I was where I was living in in New York, and I just had a love seat, a TV, and a bed. And she said, you should purchase furniture as well. She's like, mm-hmm. you can afford furniture. You should have some. And I was like, yes, hot woman. You are correct. <laughs> we are always right, you know. Uh, yeah, I, I, th- I think, you know, I think what people, you know, are saying too, it's like taking for granted, going out to eat, breaking bread with friends, the, the 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 solace that the service industry provides you that all these workers provide you on a daily basis again and again you know a part of the exaltation of the protests I think might have even just straight up and we just miss yeah. each other oh yeah 100 percent and you know I hope until we figure out how to how to fix this system you know because it's like 
man, we found out and we learned that like all of Las Vegas, everyone in the service industry, also including, you know, anyone working in hotels, they built one of the strongest service industry unions you've ever seen. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. Fully. And you can do it. It's just never encouraged. And there's such. <laughs> I wonder neglect- why. I don't know why. I, I know. know. So, I mean, we are many times as servers, like, you know, it's the nature of the job to not be encouraged to stand up for yourself. You're taught that you're super replaceable. Um, And the truth is you can really get together and demand unionizing. And so like all of, all of, um, I think it's actually all of Nevada, what they fought for is like you get paid, you know, you get paid sick leave, you get paid time off, you can, you have access to higher education if you want to learn how to um, get up higher skill within the nature of your job Yeah, if you want to be that fine dining waiter you can take classes to learn how to do it there was a bunch of ladies who advocated not to have to wear high fucking heels being cocktail servers anymore and they won like they they won Mm -hmm. you do not have to like murder your feet to look a certain way in any of these jobs and the union's so strong that even people who aren't in the union get all of the benefits no matter what so even if you don't know that there's a union in Nevada you get to be a part of it yeah and so then people just after they figure it out they eventually join and are like I do want to pay dues to this but it's so strong that you don't even have to belong you are protected yep oh so but you can so basically you pay in it's not like kind of the way how like SAG after where it's like you have to uh-huh. make you have to hit a certain point you know what I mean where it's like you have to do a certain amount of jobs and do the good stuff like you can literally yeah. like I mean it, it could be a thing where you have to work for a certain amount of months to be eligible it, it very much could be that um but it, you know it's certainly not paid for by taxpayers like some fucking unions out there I'm just gonna say that <laughs> I mean it's very interesting it's I feel like that a kind of a no-brainer um, especially in a place like California and New York where it feels like these are the types of restaurants that can end up affording the type of things. Obviously, I feel that this, this is a complicated issue that I know absolutely nothing about. But I wonder, like, to me, it sounds like a very good idea to unionize mm-hmm. yeah. as wait staff. And even one fair wage, just having across the board state who accept to pay their servers a higher living wage, California and Minnesota do that. Um, but the rest of the states, I mean, you have a big union in Nevada. Other than that, everybody, we're just waiting on everybody else to fucking catch up. It's one thing that they're progressive on, Vegas, huh? It's really interesting. Yeah, and yes, You could still buy a little girl there. And there's a union, they have a servers union. You know, it's interesting. Interesting city. It's uh, That place is quite a dichotomy. Um, <laughs> there's a lot. That mayor story, that whole thing that blew uh, up was f- fantastic. I was just like, what? Oh, my God. And then she ended up no, having no jurisdiction of the strip, over the strip, good. which was hilarious. Oh, uh, man. She is just a world-class Karen, yeah, as we call her. she's a real them. Karen. <laughs> um, one last question. Um, yeah. Just being like, hey, uh, how surprised we all that Guy Fieri didn't end up doing anything horrible? No, he ended up being such a, a hero with him personally pleading to all of the influential and powerful people he has access to. I mean, he raised, what, like $25 million so far? It is yeah. wild. We learned a while ago that he was doing really good philanthropy mm-hmm. work and has been doing it for a long time. You know, he's got, like, the show he does is with his family where he they all, like, give back. So it's cute as hell. It, it, it is nice to know that the guy who always did advocate for small business in a really fucked up condescending way in a way is doing the right thing. <laughs> people love to watch him eat. And people imagine themselves as him eating. <laughs> yeah, they even make hats with wigs that you can put on now. 
Mm-hmm. I I love to imagine that like after he gets like he leaves set and goes home and behind closed doors he washes his hair and then just combs it over in like a real like so it's like all brown and the tips are hidden and he's like oh let's put oh, this away finally I can go back to being Kent MacArthur <laughs> over the Paisley MacArthur I'm a trained Shakespearean actor. <laughs> We did uh, pop history. That's a like page seven on LPN does mm-hmm. a uh, deep dive for, like pop culture web. Uh, like yes. uh, th- they did Guy Fieri, and the one thing that I thought was really interesting is like his garlic mafia, right? Like he's got his boys. It's like Sammy Hagar Whoa. and the guy from Smash Mouth. Just fucking hanging out, Whoa. man. All with they all. It's all about the hair. Yep. It's all. It is. It really is. They're like, oh, yeah, I'm kind of a douche with a big weird following, and yeah. my hair is crazy. I know my what it's like crispy. to kiss girls. Don't worry about that. Oh I kiss girls all the time. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Hell yeah, brother. How can you have a garlic mafia and not include Emerald Lagasse? Mm. I mean, I mean, I feel like Emerald Lagasse might be keeping a low profile for like <laughs> reasons. I don't uh-huh. know. I feel like if there's one, you see, it's something about his hands. It's about those big, oh. horrible Cajun hands he's got. I see him. He's on Top Chef a lot. I see him there. He is. He's there. And I um, I was the warm-up comic for Emerald Live on what? the Food Network. Oh, no yeah, shit. baby. How was that? Oh, well, let's just say it's a job that lasted one day for me. Oh, man. Um, Did you get to eat anything at least? No, that. they didn't invite me back because it turns out Midwest mother tourists who are visiting to see their beloved chef doesn't like me and my dark humor about my divorce. And like I was in like a really, really emotionally bad place. And you're usually supposed to do like 12 to 15, but the show was running behind. So the showrunners kept being like, stretch, stretch, you know, and you're like, oh, no. No. Like, because I mean, they're there. They literally want to see their, you know, their man crush throw garlic into a pan and go, bam, you know, like that's they don't want my shit. Right. Mm -hmm. So then I'm like tap dancing, running out of things to point at and the whole um because he is a good dude, so the whole, it's like a half circle, and the very front of the audience is all Make-A-Wish kids. And I know, and I, I That's didn't- That's nice, though. That's really it's sweet. It's really nice, but then you're kind of like quickly going through your catalog, like, I don't say nice things ever. Like, my jokes are horrible. None of this is appropriate. I can't just, re- I can't just roast- these right, sick children. Right, except, yeah. except I did. I tried, which was not. And and it didn't go over. I literally, I was like, you guys know you can wish for anything, right? <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. I know. Yes. No, Silence. buddy liked it. Yes. Um, so you got, a, you, got, you got a slam, not a bam. I got a slam. What... Basically, yeah, I was put into a pan, um, <laughs> lit on fire. I love the idea. I mean, you know, you did bring up the wish to make a wish kids. But before that, my brain was like, he says bam and all the Midwestern moms like they're like they're like lady parts are just mm-hmm. like oh, bam, mm-hmm. bam, that pussy, Emerald. That's what I was saying. They, lo- they just saw <laughs> him like, ooh, take me down to the swamp, Mr. Oh. Man. I mean, it's gross. Like I when I when I had my TV show, I got to host some segments with Dr. Oz. Let me tell you about the ladies who come to see and stare at Dr. Ooh. Oz too. That Talk is about a-, a fucking Jack Skeleton motherfucker with a <laughs> with a medical license. He um, <laughs> I've heard some stories about Dr. Oz. 
that I've heard good ones and weird ones, and I don't know. He's a weird guy. He's just a weird guy. Not directly bad, but like he's just a weird, weird guy. And I just don't believe in any doctor that wants to be on television. No, no, it's it's not a good it's not a good and um, reliable source. Just in general, where it's like well, I don't get this. Like, yeah, I we I, I've heard you guys talk about these doctors before, and it's just like yeah, they're always peddling unproven like vitamins and stuff like that just because oh I don't like it I really don't yeah. like it give me a Fauci he doesn't want to be there no it's the last he place does. he wants to be yeah he looks like he's been <laughs> roused from either sleep or from a bad meeting and like I'm thrown yep. in front of a camera that he's just like what's happening and that's why we trust him everybody is because he's not happy to be there that's what I like he's gotta I wanna... get back to the science I think that president, the way president should be chosen is that we get all of the smartest best people in the world that, and we don't tell them who's gonna be president and we choose two to run against each other and they have to specifically be against it <laughs> they have to not want the job because I think that if you want that job you're a flawed sociopath so what you're saying is like we want the um we want what the grill looks like in last crusade indiana jones and in last crusade like yes. that's the president we want carpenter's <laughs> cup i want the carpenter's <laughs> cup of presidents um can i ask you one quick brooke this is uh, your show was called hack your life right uh yeah hack my life hey, yeah. your show was called you were on a show called hack my life on true tv can I ask you, the, one uh, another thing it's like did you end up like hacking your life is it did, did it work <laughs> Did it work? Do you well, got? Do you have all different sorts of tricks now in your home? I know it's so funny. Like like a few have stuck with me, but it's so overwhelming because you're like every day on set. You know, you would just be getting um, the script and a rundown from a producer, and it's like. I mean, oh, boo hoo hoo, you know, but someone's also like trying to do your hair and makeup and it's it's yeah, very much that like, thing. Okay, how do I do this? How do I increase our Wi-Fi? Right, and, and you're really just like a lot of the time, you know, I'm trying desperately to understand the mechanisms because all this shit, you know, it's so fun. <laughs> it's stuff that, you know, we tried out that everyone puts these life hacks up on the internet and my co-host and I were like basically guinea pigs to tell you if it's like bullshit or not, mm -hmm. you know? And like, of course we faked some because it can't be a show of everything failing, <laughs> but... Yeah, because that would just be like the saddest is like, just dest you destroy your own market. Totally. Um, but I, I had my own cooking segment, which was like my total joy. It felt like the perfect marriage of being funny, Working with food, being on TV, those were those were very happy times. It's called Lazy Cook, and I love all the like really lazy cooking. T you know what? My show just um, it's streaming on an HBO uh, Max. Is it HBO Max? Yeah, yeah. It just got put up there. So if you've got those, you can now watch Hack My Life, and it's really funny. I realized the show was ahead of its time because most of the stuff we talk about and do is like the best ideas ever for a quarantined life. Ah. Huh. I'm on an episode and I wrote yes. I wrote my segment, our segment basically. I you like did. I came up with all the hacks. Oh yeah. I'll have to go find out which episode is you and I and we can post and, and share it. But um Absolutely. You yeah. should recreate Lacey Cook for your for the show. You should like do something like that. You teach we us. Might. Me, I mean, we very well could. I mean, I'm I'm happy to share stuff, but it's like it's like awesome, like trashy pandemic cooking stuff that is like, yeah, because people don't like you're not able to just go get whatever you want the way we're used to, and so I feel like everything 
I taught on this show was like how to reuse, reinvent, recycle stuff. It's so a little, it's, it's apocalyptic in a good way. It, it is very apocalyptic. I, yeah, I taught people how to make like apocalyptic uh, tuna crostinis. I actually think that's really great for this time period. I think this is Which, one of those things where it's going to teach us about using less, w- wasting less, and being yep. able to like take care of yourself. I think that yeah. we are a not a the we're not the most self reliant bunch in the United States of America, and it's nice to like be kind of thrust into a world of like. Here's a kitty version of making up everything that you have like on the go. Like you there's like a light version of it. Can you handle it? Can you handle it? Cuz I mean, I know I recall losing my mind when some of the stuff I was like this is so beneath me. I'm like we're teaching people how to basically be like a grifter some of the segments we had, I think you know. You know, I think that there's people out there still making fucking tuna crostinis thinking they're a chef. I guarantee it, bro. I, that's no, what I did. But I mean That's what I do. I make tuna melt and I'm like Nice. No, no, no. It was great. Yeah. Nice. No, I know. But I think it was like at one point when it was like, turn, uh, you know, like take a used chip bag, an empty chip bag, turn it inside out, clean it up, and that can be a gift bag, you know? (laughs) And... Whoa. My mind is blown. I mean, that's that's when you have like weird little diva moments and I'm like, I will not be saying that on TV. And now here we are, 2020. I gave my friend it was it was her birthday, but I had nothing, can't go anywhere. I gave her a happy anniversary card for a failed relationship that never met its anniversary, and I had to scribble out happy anniversary, happy birthday. You know, so here we are. Hack my life. That's what you Thank just you. did. You turned a tragedy into a side tragedy. And I think that's really important. I think it's important for her to remember it because then she can look at it and also, or she can then out of her, in her own mind, cut out the anniversary like, ah. part of it. I feel like ah. I would be that asshole boasting about using an empty chip bag and being like, open my present next and me being like, huh, did you look inside, huh, See? did you? See? <laughs> It does sound like recently divorced dad Christmas shopping, like at the <laughs> yes, CVS. Yes, it does. You know? Um, yep. But thank you guys so much for joining us. Yeah. Um, can't yeah. wait. It. So just, you want to pitch your socials at the people to hear, and then we will plug the show right after this. Hell yeah. Um, yeah, I'm uh, on Instagram at BrookVP. If you want to do that, if you want oh. to have your social be a part of your life. Oh, yeah, life. yeah. But I mean, most importantly, because we we post a lot of information, it's it's at Sidework Podcast is Instagram, and the same for Twitter. Hell yeah! And then you can find us personally. Yeah, we're 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 tagged. We're around. You can find us. We're if tagged. You want to see that shit. Guys, yeah. it's obvious. I can't wait to have you. I can't wait to have you guys a part of the LPN family. I can't wait to listen to more of these shows. And this is good. this is going to be great. I can't wait to learn about the restaurant industry. Hell yeah! We've got a sign off too, which is warped over the past you know year, where it was Godspeed and good tips. Mm-hmm. Then it was Godspeed and good health yep. over this past mm. couple months, and now it's- And now we're doing a Godspeed and good fight. Keep on fighting. I'm with mm-hmm. y'all. All right, guys. That's the LPN Show. Make sure you follow us here. It is only available on Spotify. I didn't know where else you're finding it. If you're not on Spotify right now, you're not listening to it. So <laughs> listen to it here. Only on Spotify. I've been Henry Zabrowski, and I will continue to be Henry Zabrowski. We'll see you guys next week. Bye! This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com.
Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free. Shopify.com slash podcast free. Your business was humming, but now you're falling behind. Your teams are buried in manual work. Tasks are taking forever to complete and getting one source of truth is like pulling teeth. If this is you, then you should know these three numbers. 37,000. That's the number of businesses that have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, streamlining accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25. NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less, close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. One. Because your business is one of a kind. Get a customized solution for all your key performance indicators in one efficient system with one source of truth. Manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. With NetSuite, it's everything you need to grow, all in one place. Get your business back to the greatness where it belongs. Learn more at netsuite.com slash podcast 25.